1: Eric Cole, Garav Vidak,
0: and Garrett Spain.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryBauer.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. Joining me as often on this podcast this evening, you can follow him over on Twitter at BravesMilb, Garrett Spain. What's going on, my man?
0: Oh man! it's uh we're finally starting to get into the uh thick of the season we'll we'll talk about some of the news with draftees and stuff soon and um it's about to be a little bit more of an interesting time of the year in terms of seeing new guys, so I'm excited to kinda see where this goes.
1: Yeah, we're firmly in the home stretch for us on the minor league side. You know, obviously the minor league season doesn't run as long as the major league one. And we're certainly kind of getting to see these late season call-ups. We're starting to see what the, the draft class coming into form. Uh, full disclosure, I, uh, I have been dealing with allergy issues all day and I took pretty much entirely too much medicine to remedy that. So if I space out a little bit and Garrett has to carry me a little bit of the course of this podcast, I do apologize. It's been a it's been kind of a weird day. It seems like you know everything was fine until it was really not. So hopefully I'm able to read our notes and be able to stay on track without losing my mind too much. Um, it's been a couple weeks, Garrett, since we've actually been able to talk on the podcast. Last week, of course, was the trade deadline and that was a big deal for the Braves on a number of levels. And kind of letting that news on the major league side percolate seemed to make the most sense. We were going to try to record last week, maybe later in the week, but then I was having some internet issues because the storms were coming through, knocking out service to my area and all that stuff. And we just decided that, you know, getting caught up this week on the guys at the Braves traded away, which seemed like the best course of action anyway. But again – been a busy couple weeks uh the entire Braves draft class has been signed uh we also had our old friend and someone that we covered for a long time in the minor league side austin riley signing a a lengthy and very uh profitable extension for him so that was really nice to see kind of just for us for those in terms of nostalgia for us you know seeing him going to be with the braves for a long long time that certainly made us happy but the big news last week was obviously the number of trades that were happened now i will say that Depending on how you look at Tucker Davidson, uh, I, I personally would have had him in my top 30. I don't think he would have been particularly high at this point. But the Braves, despite making multiple trades, did not trade a guy that we would have probably had prominently in our top 30. Uh, so, Garrett, I want to kind of give you a chance to talk a little bit about the guys that left and how, how you feel about the overall value that the Braves got back in those moves. Talk to us a little bit about the kind of the, the Braves side of what they had to give up to make the trades they did at the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, the thing with these guys is I I don't think any of these guys are ones that we dislike, per se. I mean, Trey Harris is a guy that we liked a couple years ago, and the hit tool just kind of – Progressed and we haven't seen that from him but he's a guy that has you know he's an older player who had a bit of a history of a hit tool so I mean there is still at least was still a little bit of intrigue there it's just it wasn't working with the Braves you know and maybe he can get back on track with another team but it definitely wasn't working with the Braves Chris Anglin is a guy I've talked on here before I I love the curveball there he's got a decent fastball you know I see him as a relief prospect but I do see him as a solid relief prospect and he was not having a good season, a lot of injuries here, but, you know, he's a legitimate prospect, but definitely a guy that's fringe and wasn't going to make my top 30. For me, Davidson, you know, Tucker Davidson is definitely the biggest name overall, but he's a guy that had gotten to AAA, and he was kind of a tweener for the Braves, where he was very clearly not one of the guys that was going to make the rotation long-term. And it kind of... it. it it was a question of whether that stuff would actually play up that much in relief. And the Braves, you know, they made a deal there to get Iglesias and just, you know, moved on from him and, you know, he'll get a better opportunity. I think in another, you know, get into another system and get a different opportunity to maybe break through with a different team because I don't see a spot for him with the Braves at all.
1: Yeah. It just felt like that he had been kind of, passed by multiple guys, whether it be guys who are on the, on the come up. Uh, we also have like, if you're looking for just a lefty, for example, Tyler Muller's is pretty clearly the superior prospect to him. Uh, if you're looking just like overall, you know, obviously Jared Schuster's right there for a Tarnock's right there. Those are all guys that, you know, 40 man considerations are important here, but it, it felt like that the number of opportunities that Tucker was going to get, were going to be pretty well diminished. And, you know, he had some injury stuff that kind of derailed what was a promising start to his pro career, it just didn't really happen with the Braves, unfortunately. And again, I, I kind of agree with you. He felt like a quad A guy, at least with the Braves, is that, you know, he was he could perform reasonably well like Gwinnett. And he did that. He was he he could miss bats there and he had some command down there. But when he got to the big leagues, it just didn't really translate. And again, he had some, you know, some fastball characteristics and some of his secondary stuff just didn't have the same the bite that he really needed to be successful in the major leagues, at least with the Braves. If these look, if he's able to, you know, move on and, you know, get. Things turn around, maybe make some adjustments. He could end up being a good player. That's no question, but I think he's really talented. And he was a fun story. He you know, late, late draft pick, was a reliever to start with when he was at Rome, and then they converted him to a starter, and he blasted through the minors for a little while there. Uh, had a little bit of a hiccup as he was kind of making his way up the ladder, but then made his way all the AAA and gave himself at least multiple shots at the big leagues. And that's all you can ever ask for, especially from a guy who's drafted that late. And he was a fun story. Uh One last note before we kind of get into the transactions that have been happening in the realm of more today uh, and what's going on with the 2020 draft class is also that Kirby Gates is continuing his rebab at Gwinnett. And he's looking pretty good. Uh He's... No, no issues, no complaints from me here. Nothing that that screams that this is, that he, that there's any red flags or anything like that. He looks really close to being ready. Uh, the Braves have some interesting roster considerations when Kirby Gates comes back, though, because who are they going to send down? Uh, they've already had to make some weird roster moves, and we'll talk a little bit about Ian Anderson getting an option down to Gwinnett uh, you know, once we get there. And, you know... Kind of the other moves that they're making. Uh, Chadwick Trump is now in the big leagues. All weird weird things are happening in terms of the roster stuff. But where does Kirby Gates fit in with the bullpen? Does an, and what are they gonna do with a guy like William Woods, who very well he didn't have a particularly good outing the other night, but he's a guy who has been firmly in the Braves bullpen plans we think uh, as well. You know when is he gonna come up? What what who who are the odd men out in these scenarios? So a lot of kind of weird sort of decisions the Razor have to make to down the stretch here with the big league club. That's going to impact what's going on in the minor leagues. But we're going to now talk about that. This was actually a busier day than we thought it was going to be Garrett, because, you know, we, we knew that when they were going to kind of, usually they kind of slowly integrate these bread, these draft guys, at least that's the way it had been the last couple of years. You know, they'll put a bunch of them on the FCL rosters and that's not, that's not necessarily newsworthy, but they put a bunch of guys into full season ball today uh, in, in, before we kind of get into those names, uh, the names that we've heard that one that that were already in the organization that were in IA or higher, um, Darius Vines, uh, kind of one of those moves that kind of you know allows people to shift up. He was, it sounds like he's been promoted to AAA. That hasn't been announced by the teams yet, but I have on pretty good authority that that's happening. Uh, someone did tweet at me that Geraldo Quintero is going to high A as well. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, he's been hitting pretty well down there. I, I certainly am not nearly as high on him as Fangraph says. So we talked about as like a top 10, top 12 prospect. But he does have a real hit tool, and he's played pretty well down there. So I, I could see him as kind of a back-end top 30 guy who's interesting in a lot of ways. Um, and then we also had Connor Blair, who has been actually really hitting well for – Augusta and Brian Klein. Those were the two guys who were notably released from the organization. Now to take their place, we have EJ Exposito, Andrew Keck, Drake Baldwin, Bogans, Ian Hamia, Ian Mejia rather, uh, (laughs) McCabe, Janice, all these guys are heading to Augusta. That's a lot of guys. So we're going to be hearing some more roster moves from Augusta. Obviously Connor Blair and Brian Klein are both being released from that roster. And then when you move, yeah, you know, Maybe if you remove Quintero up, you make some room, but you don't make all the room you need to make down there in Augusta. So we're going to see some changes down there. So talk to us a little bit about the guys that are heading to Augusta, who you're really looking forward to seeing. Any notes that you want to share?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that the top two hitters are going to be Baldwin and McCabe. I have a better feel of McCabe overall as a prospect. I, you know, I'm a, definitely a guy that I want to get eyes on. But he's a player that I kind of have a decent feel for as a prospect overall. Baldwin is one that I want to see a little bit more often and kind of see how he plays at this level. So that's the guy that I think I'm going to be watching the most closely, see how he is, see how his actions are behind home plate, and just see how he's recognizing pitches. You know, for these guys that are coming from D1 schools, going into low eight, that's not really a challenge for them. It's not a huge step up in competition. Now with, you know, Mio McK- you know, now these guys – aren't necessarily playing major division one programs. So it's more of a step up than it is for a guy that's coming from, you know, a big sec school, but for these guys, it's not the biggest step up for them. It's fairly similar to similar to what they've played and guys like McKay Baldwin. I mean, they're going to go down there. They're going to draw a ton of walks and you're going to see even more of those 15 walk games at the Augusta level. But Overall, I mean... Oh, yay, Yay. yeah, Yeah, that's going to be fun. But Mejia is a guy that I'm interested in, you know, to see what is... We got some good reports on his stuff, and I would like to see how that plays. But it's definitely Baldwin and Mejia are the two that, in terms of actually getting more of a feel for who they are as a prospect, those are the guys that I think are going to be the most interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it's notable here that the vast majority... Uh, and there are exceptions here that the mass majority of the guys that are making their way into full season ball are position players, uh, and this is relevant because we think that the strength of this draft class that the Braves just had in 2022 is on the pitching side. None of the day one guys have been assigned a full season ball yet, so no Owen Murphy, no J.R. Ritchie. Uh, obviously Cole Phillips is out with injury. Adam Meyer is still uh, he's recovering from his you know surgery as well. Uh, no Seth Keller, so. We still don't have those guys in full season ball yet. We haven't seen them added to FCL rosters yet either. So we have to kind of wait and see as to kind of whether or not they're actually going to throw that much. Whenever I asked as to whether or not we're going to see any of those guys really throwing that much this year, the answer I got was probably no. Uh, It's that they seem like that they have a program they kind of, they get guys into workouts. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised we haven't seen Blake Burkholder uh, is the one guy that's a college arm. Uh, and at least kind of getting him into, you know, throwing in some real games made some sense to me. I understand a certain amount of, you know, what you know, just sending the, the prep bet, the prep pitchers down for workouts, you know, give them some assignments. Hey, you need to work on this, this, and this. You need to make these adjustments and all that stuff. You don't necessarily need to start them out in full season ball right away. Uh, it'd be nice just because we could at least get some numbers on those guys and get some reports on them as people are watching them. But at the same time, I sort of understand it. Uh, but the the vast majority of the moves that we've seen today were on the position player side. So, like, Justin Janis going to, you know, Augusta, David McCabe, uh, Ogins, Baldwin. Uh, I share your skepticism about Baldwin. I've heard some good things that Andrew Keck might be an interesting guy. He's actually – he was a catcher in college. He's already been moved back to the outfield and was performing pretty well defensively out there. The 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 bat wasn't quite there, but at the same time, you know, super small sample size for a guy that's already played a bunch of college uh, and kind of adjusting to pro ball and all that stuff. I'm not something I'm not worried – Numbers are nice in that they can draw our attention to some guys who are making the adjustment quickly, but I'm not going to ever kill a guy in his draft year not playing particularly well, and that goes for any of these guys, right? Uh, just more we want to kind of see kind of how the athleticism plays, you know, what their swings look like, you know, how they react to certain pitches and stuff like that. Uh, if they end up not performing particularly well, you know, what's more important is kind of what our eyes tell us than what the numbers are, at least early on in their pro careers. Um, so that's kind of all the moves that we have going on, Garrett. That brings us to our usual part of our show where we run down all four all four of the levels, and we're also going to be touching a little bit on the FCL and the Dominican Summer League as well towards the bottom of the podcast, but let's talk about Gwinnett because there's a lot to talk about, and the, the big news, obviously, was that Braden shoemaker had a really rough-looking injury that we're not 100% certain truly what is actually ailing him the most. Um, there's there a lot going on with, on that play and what happens, but I'm going to kind of let you talk about it uh, and run us through Gwinnett before I kind of share my thoughts.
0: Yeah, the biggest news overall for Gwinnett, really across the system was injuries. Since we last recorded, Kyle Muller broke his broke his broke his hand in his non-pitching hand. Um and they're going to let him pitch through it. Uh he his first he game threw, back. Threw, he... His first game back from that didn't look too good. I like, gave up 5 runs. Um and maybe that's a thing where, look, he's going to get his pitches in, and you kind of, if he struggles a little bit, you kind of just say, eh. I mean, he is pitching with a broken hand. Like, it's, it's, it's even if it is not your pitching arm, that's tough. But I mean, the bad one was definitely Braden Shoemaker. He went back on a ball. He went too far back on a ball into left field. Um, And there was a slot, and he slid. Demerit went for the ball. Travis Demerit went for the ball, and they hit, um, and he came up immediately – like he came up was looking for the ball. He took a step, he couldn't step on his leg, and so we're thinking, oh, he hurt his leg really bad. And Eric, you know, we didn't know what what had happened at the time. And Eric's like, oh, you know, go get some video. And as soon as I saw the video, I was like, Eric, I I, I don't think we want to pull video on this one. This one's not good. And we both took a look at it, and we're watching, and it looks like they're working on the knee. And then all of a sudden, they put him on the cart, and they're talking about, you know, he looked like he lost consciousness, and they're not really like supporting the knees like his legs are just dangling off the back of the cart they're not trying to stabilize it so we're like okay so it's not the knee we assume so we're we it did seem like he lost consciousness it looked like he got it back very quickly um but i mean that's head injuries are i think we can agree the scariest one in the sport buy-up by a wide margin. I mean, you know, guys hurt their knees, guys hurt their elbows, stuff like that, but that's stuff that you can recover from. But you know, those head injury type things can have really bad long-term impacts. And, you know, you kind of, we couldn't really tell one because of video quality and two, because of, it was such a weird play. We couldn't really actually tell what happened, but it did seem like the main issue. and the reason that he was carted off the field was due to the head injury. Um, that we presume happened. It was, again, a very weird situation, and it's one that we don't really know anything about and that we're concerned about with him because, you know, he's a guy that's kind of struggled with injuries all year, and then to have one that was, just looked like, I mean, it was one of the worst collisions I've seen and really, overall, one of the scariest injuries that I've seen in my time watching. I mean, it, it was a scene that, like, I mean, genuinely had me worried for him. And so it's something that we're going to keep an eye on, but I would not be surprised if we do not see him the rest of the year. Uh, it, it's just one of those types of injuries that you really don't – we just don't know what his, his status is. Um, you know, on some positive news at the level, uh, Freddie Tarnock has looked good since being promoted. He had a couple great starts in the last couple of weeks. Uh, He had one a week or two ago where he gave up one run, like the first batter of the game, hit a home run, and then he was just like lights out the rest of the game. And then his next game out, he came out and threw five shutout innings with only one hit allowed. He's looked really good. You know, He hasn't been striking out as many guys as he was at double-A. But he's been controlling the zone fairly well, which is good news because those zones, as you go up, they tighten up. And for a guy with fringy command like Tarnock, that's something that can really become an issue. Uh, and so far, he's done fairly well with that adjustment. Jared Schuster has, you know, struck, has gotten hit fairly hard since his promotion. He gave up two or three home runs in a game the other day, um, which, right you right. know, is not what you want to see from that guy. And And that's, you know, and that's another guy where you know, because his fastball is fringy, he has to live on the edges. And when those zones tighten, you know, those zones get a little less wide when you go from double A to triple A. And if he's not able to make that adjustment, he leaves the ball a little bit more over the plate. It gets hit a little bit harder. And so that's just, we're going to, it's going to be an adjustment period for him before we can really start judging whether that's going to be a long-term concern. But it is a concern that we had coming into the year, and we're starting to see that be an issue now.
1: Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback a little bit before I talk about about the the Shoemaker play, um, uh, Taylor Motter, who was a uh, minor league free agent, the Braves signed. Uh, kind of one of those moves, just kind of you know they they signed him at the beginning of August, just as a was it it was late July, beginning of August, you know, just to kind of fill out some roster depth. And he has been really good since the Braves signed him. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to be like an option or anything like down the stretch or anything like that, but you know, based on the way he's hitting, you could do a lot worse for a guy who plays second base. Uh, can play multiple positions, and the way he's been hitting's been pretty fun. Um, again, kind of a kind of one of those low-key, you know, moves where you know the, it's pretty clear that the front office is kind of keeping an eye out on who's minor league free agents and who could help the ball club down the line. Uh, and Modder seems to be one of those guys that uh, could feasibly do something. Uh, agreed on Schuster. It's just one of those things that you know it's it's the fastball is just not it doesn't move a ton, doesn't throw particularly hard. Uh, and very similar to uh, Darius Vines, who has joined Gwinnett, uh, at least as far as uh, that I'm aware, uh, is that, you know, if the, if he can spot that fastball and command it, then the rest of his stuff plays up well, particularly with his really good changeup, He can get some swing, more swings and misses on it. But if people can sit on that fastball and when he has to throw up for a strike, it's going to go a long way. Uh, and that's you know again a little bit of adjustment. It's 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 early on in his time at at AAA. It's not again, not something I'm necessarily going to kill him over because he's had a pretty good season. But he's definitely had some starts this year where he's got knocked around a little bit, and you kind of hope that you know you see more of the the good version of Schuster as opposed to the not so great one. Um, on the shoe make play, I I think it's possible that he he did both. I think that he just the way that he tried to put because he seemed pretty alert when he popped back up. And I'll, first, off, I want to say this. I have no idea how Travis Demerit stayed in that game because those, both those guys got laid out on that collision. You know, they were both – I mean, Schumach popped up first. Demerit was, like, on the ground. Like, he the, he clearly was feeling the effects of it immediately afterwards. And then it just looked like Schumach tried to plant his foot, and then he went back down, and he looked like he was in a lot of pain. Uh, and I'm like, okay, the, you know, depending on – I'm not really sure what – it didn't – nothing was – easily apparent other than the fact that they collide with each other it looked like knees may have collided so that could be part of it too but it was hard to tell what was going on uh and then they have to get the card out and it's clear that he's having trouble like he's having a lot of trouble just with just his equilibrium and then you know what's you know what is going on with him they lay him in the back of the cart, and his legs are dangling off. And I'm all of a sudden I'm like, is it an ankle? You know, and they just want his ankle hanging freely there. I don't know if that's a good idea either. There's a lot of stuff that I just medically didn't, I just didn't fully understand in the moment. Uh, they also could, you know, probably use some carts where they could actually fit a grown man in the back of one of them if they're going to have one of those at a baseball game. But it sounds like he had to go straight away to the hospital. I I don't I I'm not. We just don't know what happened. We just don't know exactly what's going on. And my guess is that he probably my guess is some version of both. I think he might've had it some sort of either just you know, got his bell rang, if not a full on concussion combined with some other injury. Cause there's a lot of pain involved, in what was happening to. So I'm just not sure again, it's not sure exactly what happened, but it didn't look good. And I am going to be pretty shocked if he pops back up on, you know, at, at Gwinnett anytime, particularly soon. Uh, Cause it didn't look great. Uh, but overall Gwinnett had a, you know, not a great week overall results wise. And you know, the, the the pitching, the, the that rotation looks pretty fun right now. It has Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, Jared Schuster, and Darius Vines in it now, so that, again, looks pretty good. We'll see how they kind of fare down the stretch because, again, there's going to be some if, – if those guys aren't in the Braves' long-term plans, those are a lot of really interesting pieces for trades down the line because pitch, play, teams always need pitching, and all these guys are at AAA just up – uh, just a short step away from the major league. So overall kind of an exciting time for Gwinnett in some ways, but also kind of a bummer as well in terms of, you know, how things have gone down, both in terms of the, the status of the lineup, which is a, filled with a lot of quad A guys. And then the one pro- guy who is quote unquote the, the real prospect and having to deal with injuries most of the year and getting hurt pretty badly last week. So, but before we get into Mississippi, Rome, Augusta, and the rest, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, Garrett, it is time to run down the rest of the minor leagues and it is time to talk about the Mississippi Braves, where uh, still a really interesting club. The, the, the rotation doesn't look nearly as good as it did uh, not that long ago because of all the trades that the Braves have had to do, and so and as well as promotions. So talk to us a little bit about the Mississippi Braves.
0: Yeah, I, they have pretty much all of Rome's roster at this point has been promoted. Um, Von Grissom has continue to hit you know his numbers have definitely dropped off from what he was doing at the beginning when he first got promoted which we expected he was
1: hitting like 500 yeah right
0: well but i mean you know he's been but he's i mean even you know his numbers have come down to earth but he still had an ops over 800 for the last couple of weeks he's just and great he you know and now once you see him hitting at double a this is a guy that's going to start getting a lot more attention and you know a guy that People are going to ask foreign trades, and people are going. I mean, they already were, but now it even you know once you start hitting at this level at the upper levels, it, it really starts to get into people's heads. Uh, Justin Hitter Malloy has had better numbers lately, but he's starting to strike out a little bit more, which small sample stuff you know if you go strike if you strike out a little bit for a couple weeks it's not a huge concern but it's definitely something that we'll kind of watch a little bit because that was that was my concern with him going to double a was is the are the strikeouts going to tick up too much once he starts to see better off-speed stuff we've seen that a little bit with him so we'll see how that plays out long term Landon Stevens was most was very recently promoted uh he's not off to a great start he didn't have a great finish at Rome either so it's He's a guy that definitely strikes out a ton and kind of like Lugbauer. This is going to kind of be the level where you either fix it or you're going to be sitting in there at double A for a very, very long time. I mean, the power is legit with him, but he he just has to not strike out 35% of the time, or he's probably just going to be at double A for a while. As for the pitching staff, Really across the system, you're seeing a lot more, especially at those lower levels, a lot more of the bullpen games where they're just desperately trying to find arms to fill those slots. Just the trades have moved guys out, and guys getting promoted to move guys out. And Double A, you're we're kind of starting to see that a little bit with Mississippi. Alan Run Hell has really had kind of a bad season overall. He had a decent start a couple weeks ago, but overall the command has not been that great with him. I'm I'm leaning more towards, because he has a very good fastball. He has a very good changeup. But the command is fringy. The consistency with those pitches, and especially with the curveball, is just not there. And I'm leaning towards, I do think that, you know, he throws in the mid-90s. I think he's a guy that can project in relief role. Um, Right now, they need guys that can start at that level. So I don't think that he's going to get moved very quickly. But he's a guy on the 40-man roster that... He can't sit in double A on the 40 man roster for two or three years trying to figure it out. And they're going to have to make a decision as to whether to get him off of the 40 man somehow, you know, or to move him to the bullpen to see if he can come up quickly. And he's a guy that I actually do think has the arm that he could project in the bullpen if they make that move either this offseason or sometime next year. Um, Dylan Dodd has been. Reasonably good. uh His numbers have been hit or miss in terms of the amount of runs that he's given up. He had one game where he gave up a couple home runs and got hit pretty hard. But overall, his strikeouts have not really ticked down a ton since he got promoted. He hasn't. He's not walking a lot of guys, and that's. I mean, those are the main things you ask for. Strikeout guys don't walk guys, and whatever other results come come with him. He's done very well, and he's another guy that we would talk about. You know, maybe going to the soft season is a guy that could be a trade piece because, you know, a lefty, his fastball is very good. He can get up in the mid nineties, high spin guy, good changeup. A guy that can move quickly. That's a guy that's interesting to teams. I don't know exactly how he fits with the organization long-term because I do think he's behind Schuster. I do think that he's behind Mueller, you know, so there's a lot of guys ahead of him right now, but he is an interesting guy and he's done fairly well for himself, but, the guy that has just been the best pitcher in the system for over a month now is Darius Vines. Since the beginning of July, he's allowed five earned runs in 37 and a third um, innings. Four of those, I believe came three of those came in the same game. And then in his other five starts, he went six or more innings with one or zero runs. Just absolute. I mean, he's been fantastic. A ton of weak contact. The one game's, you know, when he was giving up one run, it wasn't he'd give up a home run or he'd give up a three-run home run. It was a ground ball would get through and another ground ball would get through, and then there'd be a sacrifice fly. You know, he's – for over a month and a half, he's been very consistently getting weak contact. His strikeout rate hasn't been absurdly good, but it's been very good. And he's a guy that when he's getting a lot of ground balls like he has been lately – especially off of that changeup when he can mix that changeup in very well and get those ground balls. He can get a ton of very quick innings, very quick outs. He's not a guy that walks a lot of batters. He's been very impressive. You know, again, like Schuster, we'll see how the fastball plays at upper levels, but his off-speed mix is as good as anybody in the system. And lately, he's been able to get to that consistently and get a lot of strikeouts and weak hit balls.
1: Yeah, he's really pitched off his fastball well. I think that what what he's been doing with his fastball kind of it's been a bit of nibbling on the corners, but he hasn't wavered from that too much. And he's allowed his changeup, he's allowed his breaking ball to to feast, you know, and he gets a lot of silly swings. Uh, and every once in a while, he gets the he get he'll get some glove side run on a fastball, and you know he'll just pipe it in there at the top of the zone, and guys kind of wave at it. He's gotten some whiffs on the pitch, so that's again he's he's mixing his pitches well to kind of get the most out of it. And again, not he's not striking out like thirteen point nine or anything like that, but he has forty one strikeouts in thirty seven and, and two thirds innings over the last month and a half or so. That's really good. Again, it's just ten walks too. So if again, I am pretty certain in my. Reporting on this that he has been promoted to Gwinnett and it's well deserved. Uh, he's a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. is a guy who's really interesting to us. And he's again, for a, he, it took him a little while to kind of get adjusted to Double A and to kind of get used to what he was wanting to do, what his game plan needed to be against more advanced hitters. And he's really settled into that. He's been very, very good for again the last month and a half. So giving him that opportunity is a you know, a little bit of an... I, I don't even call him an older guy, but he was a college guy. And you know, moving him up and seeing kind of how he can do against you know, in AAA and kind of making a name for himself up there, I think he, I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to – I think he's among the best pitching prospects in the system right now. In terms of, you know, where he is in the hierarchy, it's a little bit difficult just because, you know, there's just so many guys that are even already on the 40-man roster who are also very good that, you know, it's kind of hard to place him in terms of that echelon just yet. But he's, he has turned himself into a very legitimate pitching prospect. Same thing goes for Dylan Dodd. Uh, I think he's very good. Uh, you know, it seems like he's had – you know, He's definitely felt like a guy that he doesn't always make a lot of mistakes, but he does seem to be disproportionately punished for the mistakes that he makes over the plate. He won't make a ton of mistakes over there, but it seems like the one that he leaves over gets hit hard, and it's just kind of as a result, it's you – know, guys make mistakes, you know, throw pitches they shouldn't, but at the same time, he he seems to be disproportionately punished. Uh, and maybe it just because right. You can get a good look at him uh, when he's pitching from the left side there. And if you make a mistake on a fastball, they get a good look at it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not – I, I like him a lot. I think he is a very legitimate starting pitching prospect, and it's gonna maybe take him a little while to settle in at Mississippi, but I think he's gonna be really exciting. Uh, Vaughn Grissom hitting a home run the other day was a pretty big thing. He was like he's hit safely in five straight, but it was like like a lot of one for four and one for five games with a single. Uh, so seeing him being able to hit one out of the park, and it was uh, opposite field, I think. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, he got it. No, it was a bold, it was a bold one. Um, and as a result, you know, just being able to continue to show that he has some power. That he, can, that he can show in games. you know. I wish he would drive the ball a little bit more. Uh, also, uh, something that I looked up earlier today, he drew four walks in the month of July, which is notable considering how often he was on base for the month of July, and he has yet to draw a walk in the month of August. So one thing that he it absolutely behooves him to work on is just being able to walk more, just to allow him to get on base more. He's a guy that will steal some bases. He's a guy that can take extra bases too, so just getting on base a little bit more, being a little bit more patient in at bats, I'm not worried about a strikeout rate, you know, I just the, the walk rate, and just being able to drive the ball with, with a little bit more frequency is going to go a long way for him. So now it's time to talk about Rome, which is going to see its own fair changes with all these ro- uh, roster changes coming. Uh, we don't know exactly what the, the roster is going to look like right now uh, with uh, all the changes coming to Augusta. It feels like there's going to be some moves up to Rome. Uh, at the very least, we we'll might have to see a couple position players move up. So talk to us a little bit about the Rome Braves, which is kind of our home team in a lot of ways, Garrett.
0: Yeah, it's so many guys have been promoted out that it's a lot of fringe guys or organizational types for the most part. Most of the roster is right now, at least the guy that's I would assume would be the top. um, It's one of two guys would be the top position player prospects on the team. And that's Cal Conley and Caleb Durbin. Now, Cal Conley got off kind of a slow start at Augusta, but. You know, he ended very well, and since he's been promoted up to Rome, I mean, he's been crushing the ball. His OPS is over 900, and it's very consistently hitting the ball well. Now, he's seen in the last couple of weeks his strikeouts have ticked up a little bit. He's not walking a ridiculous amount lately, but he's hitting for a bit more power. And now he kind of – I will say that at Augusta, it kind of seemed like early in the season he kind of got a little power happy, and that's when you know the strikeouts started to go up and he started to struggle. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can – kind of rein that in and not get a little too too home run happy and trying to turn on the ball and hit home runs all the time um but overall he's hit for a fairly good power and he's just very consistently hit there uh Caleb Durbin would be the other guy that we'd consider a top guy and he has not done very well now he has not been up at Rome as long so it's a very small sample size but he didn't finish very well at Augusta and hasn't quite gotten back on track with Rome yet. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. he's a guy that we think hits very, very well, but where, you know, the powers fringier, the defense is fringier, so we'll have to see how that plays for him as he moves up the ladder. And then a shout out to Bryson Horn, who has been really, really good the last couple of weeks. He's had three or four home runs the last couple of weeks. He uh, just consistently hitting one of those guys that the whole team has played very, very well. They've been scoring a lot of runs despite half their lineup getting promoted and a lot of that is guys like bryson horn who have stepped up and started hitting the ball very very well lately and so that team it's a very good team even if it's not necessarily a prospect laden team though that may change a little bit in the coming weeks the pitching side is more interesting overall um jj negro has not done very well since his promotion he's a guy that Again, a guy who you worry, you know, his stuff is a little fringy, so you worry if he's going to miss bats as he goes up. He has not done that yet with Rome. You know, he's had a couple of bad starts here. Roy Salinas, he, he's been striking out more guys lately. He kind of went through a spell there where he was really struggling to either strike out guys consistently or even pitch into the, you know, the fourth inning of games. He's done a little better on that in a couple of weeks, but his command is still, it's not as good as what it was early in the year. And so he's walking, you know, seven six seven guys per nine and it doesn't really matter how many he strikes out it's just not working when he's giving that many free base runners up the guy that has turned his season around and down at rome though has been rodriguez uh we didn't really get a chance to talk about his last start which or his second to last start where he went six innings uh and was just absurd 12 strikeouts he didn't walk a guy until his very last inning of that game it just was unfortunately not on video uh they did not have video up wherever they were playing it was
1: hickory it had to have been it had to have been hickory. i think it was yeah, hickory that, 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 they, i think it's they always were always hickory. hickory
0: and he had i mean it was an absurd game we unfortunately don't actually have uh, video evidence of it but even outside of that game he has been very very good lately the walks have you know the walks are still a tiny bit high, but they've gone down, and that's important for him. Thirteen walks over since the beginning of July. Thirteen walks in thirty-two and two-thirds innings. It's not great, but given where he was, it's a huge step forward. And more importantly, forty-four strikeouts in that time. It, when he's it, he's a guy that when he's locating his fastball up in the zone, it, it, he is that fastball is very hard to hit, and his slider and changeup are not great pitches, but they're good enough to play off the fastball and that slider is a very hard tight slider that gets a lot of swings and misses and when he's locating his fastball well he's a guy that can put up some really really good starts it just seems like he hasn't had that crisp command all season but lately the last month and a half he's been extremely good and he was a guy that we liked a lot when we got his first look at him last year and we still always love the talent he just hasn't quite put it together all the way yet but Lately, he has been putting it together, and it's been impressive to watch.
1: Yeah, one guy I actually wanted to mention was in Mississippi before I talk about the Rome guys. Uh, Cody Milligan is a guy that I think that Braves fans might want to keep an eye on. I'm not saying he's the most talented guy on the field, but I will say that I don't think there's a position on the field that that guy cannot play. He was a college catcher, and he has been playing a really good second base and a really good outfield for the Braves, ever since he's joined the organization, he hit well when he was out in Augusta, gets moved up uh, when he was at Rome, then he gets moved up to double A. A little bit of a slow start, but now he's walking a bunch again. He's hitting some now. He he the Braves like this guy. Again, the power is the problem there is that you know he's not gonna hit the hit, hit a ton, but he is a guy who can just hit, has a good approach at the plate, and again can play all over the field. Uh, I I don't think he's a necessarily a gold glover anywhere, but if you wanted a guy who's a Swiss army knife, who's like never going to really embarrass you in a bat, Cody Milligan's the guy that I'm circling because he is a really, really interesting player. Uh, he's been hitting lead off from Mississippi and he's been doing, a, he's been doing good work out of him. He's been one of the like two guys in that lineup. That's been consistently doing much damage over the last week or two. Um, now with the guys at Rome, I'm glad that you hi- highlighted Munoz. He's been very good. Uh, and he is a, the thing about his walks too, which is interesting is that when he was in Augusta last year, the walks would get him because he was kind of would force himself to like throw pitches, like really like, like basically down the middle to like make sure he threw strikes and he like guys can hit that They're These are professional hitters. And even the guys at low a, they, they know what to do with something middle, middle. Right. But he doesn't give up on his stuff now. And he's just not a guy that's hard to square up. He just, a lot of ground balls, uh, when the ball is put in play against him. but uh, the, the fastball is really live. And again, pop-ups too. He, he, for some games, it just feels like everything's like a pop-up to like, you know, short or second, but he is a guy that combine that with his slider, which I think tunnels pretty well. This fastball, uh, I don't think that the slider in a vacuum is a particularly awesome pitch because some of them look really uncompetitive to me in a lot of ways. Uh, they dive a lot of, out of the zone, and it makes me wonder. So when you look at it, you wonder, well, I, I mean, guys keep swinging at them, but that's that's high A hitters. That's not you know what's going to happen in you know Double A or Triple A. But it looks out of his hand like it's 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 hard to pick up until it's too late. So I actually think it plays up a bit because of how his fastball operates. And because he can throw so hard, you have to make a decision pretty quickly. Uh, He's looked really good. Very happy to see that. Uh, Again, Salinas, Garrett and I have both been a little bit skeptical that those strikeout numbers from early in the season were going to stick. As it turns out, that seems to be accurate. Uh, Again, it could be really interesting. He's still an interesting arm. We still like the stuff. Uh, I think he's a reliever long term. I like that Cal, Cal, Cal Connolly finally decided to start hitting. The start of the season down there in Augusta was abysmal. Uh, he was truly, truly bad, uh, but has looked good at Rome uh, and looked good at, uh, as you know as he was leaving Augusta as well. Uh, th- and this is a funny team. Like it's you know like it's, there's a lot of like decent Jacob Pearson games. There'll be the occasional Bo Phillip cameo appearance where you'll get a big hit late in the game. They the, the team itself plays way above their heads in a lot of ways. Uh, There's not I wouldn't say there's a ton of talent on this team, but there's more than you think there is in a lot of ways. When you look at, uh, you know, early on in the season, obviously, when there's, you know, Dylan Dodd, Andrew Hoffman, all those guys uh, who have either moved up or have been traded away. But then you also have Roderick Munoz, who's been there the whole time, and he's been much better than I think he's been given credit for. Uh, The bullpen's been good at times. Uh, I wouldn't say all the names are good, but they performed well when they needed to, uh, especially when Lissandro Santos was there. Uh, But he's since been promoted and kind of struggled a bit. But this team right now is playing really well together, despite the fact that there might be some talent deficiencies. And again, it's like you said, it's guys like Bryson Horn doing well. It's guys, you know, coming up with big hits at big times for them. Uh, They're uh, greater than the sum of their parts in a lot of ways, but there's still some talent on this roster. Uh, And uh, again, it's more you have to kind of really squint your eyes at a lot of these guys. But still a pretty fun team to watch. Now a team that somehow is performing extremely well is the Augusta Green Jackets, and this is a roster they obviously got completely overhauled. But it blows my mind that this team has pl- played as well as they have this year, because again, this is another team that just like on paper just doesn't look like that's it at all. But they have they've been doing well, and you know they've been getting some young some of these young guys that need a lot of seasoning. They at very least draw a lot of walks, uh, and they've gotten some big hits from guys who we. Like in theory, uh, and you know, hopefully, they'll get some more time to kind of continue to develop. This is a lot of rawness, but it seems to be uh, manifesting itself in at least some positive directions. So, take it away on the Augusta Green Jackets.
0: Yeah, this is a team that, like, every single guy top to bottom on the roster you know, the thing that makes them good is every guy on the roster is willing to take walks and. At Low A, those air, guys are willing to give them. Yeah, those guys are all willing to give you walks at Low A, and so I mean this team very consistently will walk like fifteen times in a game, and will be like, uh, this is the worst baseball I've ever watched in my life.
1: I, I, still, I game still remember from, <laughs> their well, scoring well, game I, from, I, so. I I I still remember last year it was against Fayetteville, the Woodpeckers. They walked 20 times in that game and lost, Garrett. Yeah. I was so upset. Just – just I was unbel- – it made me – I've never been so tilted by a baseball game. It took forever, and they so somehow managed to lose it. It was upsetting. All right. Anyways, continue. Continue. Sorry.
0: But, yeah, I mean, overall, this is a team that has just a lot of weird depth to it. Uh, the guy that's been very good lately is Steven Paulini. He was one yep. that we liked when he was drafted. He has struggled with that hit tool, but lately he's been hitting and not just, oh, suddenly he's running a 500 BABIP and things are falling for him. He's hitting the ball hard. He's not striking out a ton. You know, the strikeouts are still over 20% lately, but I, I think that's a ton of progress for him. And he's a guy that, is still going to be a project if he ever becomes anything, but there's a ton of athleticism there and he's making progress. And when you see guys making progress like that, that's important. And he's been probably their best hitter lately. Um, Adam Zabrowski's been very good. He's a guy that I would not be surprised if he gets a call to Rome very soon. Uh, he's just an older guy that's hit very well all season. So I wouldn't be surprised but if they he also gets a call.
1: The, and they also added two two catchers to the Augusta roster, so something's gonna have to give.
0: Right. Um Makai Backstrom had a couple home runs. He was struggling before. you know. He's still striking out way, way too much. I mean, we're talking like a 40% strikeout rate, but man, I mean everything that he hits is like rocket off the bat. I mean, he hit a ball just kind of opposite field, whatever and hit it like over 400 for a grand slam last night. It's He can hit the ball hard, just way too many strikeouts, but when he hits them, they go. We you look at you know, Quintero has actually not been that great lately. Neither has Brandon Mosquito. Those were guys that were like consistently hitting early in the season, and the ball isn't really falling for them lately. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily like hitting poorly. It's just the ball hasn't fallen for them lately. But overall, I mean, top to bottom, it seems, you know, and it's guys like Connor Blair or, um, you know, it's guys like. Connor- <laughs>
1: well, that's probably a problem now because Connor Blair's on the organization. Right. Anymore. That
0: have been hitting well. But, you know, guys like that, um, I. I I, Brandon Parker, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't get the name out, but you know, Brandon Parker will have like these like four for five with two home run games, and you're like, where did that come from? And it's just random performances like that that are driving the games, but they'll score like five or six runs at once, and it's pretty weird. The pitching staff since Negro has left has been, like I said earlier, a lot of bullpen games, but they've been doing fairly well to get through them. Samuel Strickland is a guy that we don't have a ton of – we have a little bit of information on but we didn't have a ton of like he wasn't necessarily like on our radars but he's a guy that's played extremely well he had one bad game and outside of that he's had like a well below two era his entire time there he's a guy that you know we don't necessarily look at him as like a top prospect yet but he's a guy that's gotten enough on our radar that we're looking at him as kind of a fringe prospect a guy that maybe he sneaks in the back end of a top 30 or he's just on the outside of it the best prospect on that team is aj smith schauber and he had a good game a couple of weeks ago now now he did allow a lot of runs but he had i think it was it was like seven or eight strikeouts and one walk in five innings which for him I, you know he's another guy i don't and really his whole season he's kind of had bad run luck overall i don't really care about his era who cares how many guys do you strike out? How many guys do you walk having good games like that? You know he had struggled with having a lot of those really high three four five walk games towards the summer and then he had in this last one a good game and then unfortunately he had to leave after an inning and one batter on friday it It was a weird so the game was delayed by about half an hour due to wet grounds and then he threw a pitch didn't really show any sort of like immediate pain but he started kicking around on his landing spot, called the trainer out. They pulled him from the game. He wasn't necessarily – they weren't working on his arm or looking at his arm or anything. So I'm pretty sure it's not an arm injury or anything. I think it could have been a combination of cramping from having that delayed start where you – a guy kind of – he builds up to get started. And then all of a sudden it's like you got to sit down for an extra 30 minutes, and that can be tough for a guy. Um It could be a situation where the mound was still wet and he was having trouble with his landing spot because he was kicking up. That was the only thing I really noticed was him kind of kicking up the landing spot. So it's not, it didn't, he wasn't limping coming off the field. He wasn't holding his arm. It didn't look like it was anything major. It looks like it was probably, I'm going to at least hope here that it was connected to, he kind of had a delayed start. You know, your muscles, you know, tighten up a little bit. and. You know, he just, they pulled him for precautionary reasons, but it didn't seem... It didn't look like anything concerning.
1: Yeah, the, the Smith Shaver thing is something we've got to kind of circle and keep our eyes on. to kind of see if he makes his next start, if there's any issues. Uh, I've reached out to a couple of folks, who haven't heard anything back as to kind of what's going on. So that's not really telling one way or the other. Uh, with kind of you know how injuries are handled, some sometimes you'll get information relatively quickly. Uh, sometimes it's kind of you know more uh, speculative, I guess is the best way to put it. But this actually has been a, a weirdly fun team to watch because they have actually been getting some hits with guys on base uh, and actually doing and actually doing some damage that way. Uh, and it's been a lot of team efforts, a lot of like nights where they'll get like 12 hits and like a couple guys will have like two hit games, but. There won't be, like, a ton of home runs or anything, but it'll be, like, Caden Morton has a de- decent game. Uh, like you said, Brendan Parker. Uh, Connor Blair was on a bit of a tear there, which is kind of unfortunate because he was released today. Um, and then, you know, like, Stephen Palais looked good. Uh, and they've just been drawing a bunch of walks, and they've just been able to stitch it together. Uh, it is certainly helpful that this past week that they played against a Delmarva-Shorebirds team, which I think I'd have to think about it because there's, there's been some, the, the Fireflies have been pretty bad, too. That might be the worst team I've seen on a minor league field in terms of full season ball. So that certainly helps the cause in terms of offense and whether or not your pitching's any good. Uh, but uh, and uh, just a shout to Sam Strickland. his last start was insane. He pitched eight, gave eight innings, struck out a ton of guys, didn't give up any runs. You know he's just been really good. He's a pitchability guy. He's he's kind of an older draft prospect, so I don't necessarily like. Don't think that he's going to be a surprise top ten, top fifteen prospect, but don't be surprised if he sneaks into the back end of a top thirty uh, for us because he's just kind of an interesting guy and maybe he could turn into something. He maybe he ends up as a long reliever. Maybe he just ends up that the the stuff isn't quite good enough to you know get out, guys out at the higher levels. But he's definitely been interesting and he's performed well for for the Green Jackets this year. Uh, you know I am. I still, I'm still a big Brendel Mosquito guy. I do think that the kind of him being dinged up with injuries this year has really slowed his progress, which is unfortunate because for the first half he was a, he was a really really exciting hitting prospect for the Braves, but the, the, he certainly cooled off quite a bit. Uh, in terms of since he's been dinged up, you know, he, he that he has some bad luck with injuries too. I think he's been hit twice in the head with pitches. Is that right? Something like that. Yep, yeah, he hit.
0: He got hit, and on I believe it was May twenty seventh, something something like that. Both of them were on my recap days, so that's fun. I guess I'm the. Oh, uh,
1: Garrett's here, the but. kiss of death. Yep, the kiss of death. <laughs> Garrett's out. He's out again. But
0: uh, you know, at both time but both times he came back within like two days, which is insane. Because normally, like if a guy gets hit in the head, it's like a week at minimum, usually before those guys, because he got, I mean, those were like fastballs that got, it wasn't like he got grazed or it was a curveball that got away from a guy. He got hit square on the side of the head with a fastball and was just like, nah, I'm good. I want to keep playing. And and the training staff had to be like, dude, no, like you just got hit in the head by a fastball. Let's, let's get you off the field. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy that he was just kind of shrugged off two fastballs to the noggin like that.
1: Yeah, but he has missed a couple games doing that. He's missed games with other stuff, too. So, I, I, again, it's been kind of a bummer in that regard. I like he had a chance to make a breakout this season. But I do think he's still a good hitting prospect. But it's just kind of, again, he's been kind of derailed a little bit. All right, Garris, take us through the Florida Complex lead and the DSL guys real quick before we send the, the folks off.
0: Yeah, the biggest news is just guys actually playing. All the draftees are starting to play, which now we're going to start seeing most of those at the um, – Low A-level, but then you've got guys like um, Christian Jackson that are playing. That was a 19th-round pick. Noah Williams is playing. Yeah, Nacho Alvarez, who had a very big game today. So some interesting guys down there that we'll hope to get some information on. You know, you don't ever really look at complex numbers and bother with that. But the biggest news is that Ambios Tavares is playing. And he's looked pretty decent. You know, a few too many strikeouts, but he hasn't played – all year until recently, and so him even being on the field is the biggest news that we've is that we've gotten at this level. It's just he's playing baseball games. He he's a person that exists and can play. Yeah, he games. exists. It that not, matters. Uh, that matters a ton. And so having him on the field because c- we're we've been having a discussion of like what do we do with him for our midseason prospect list because he's a guy that we know he's talented. But he hasn't played in like two years. So what, like, what do we do with him? So it's it, it's good to see him playing. Unfortunately, that won't affect our midseason list. But hopefully, by the end of the year, we'll get something with him. Um, on the uh, DSL side, Diego Benitez has you know he was out with injury. Well, we presume injury. It could have been something else. He was out for about two and a half weeks. There hasn't been very good since he came back. Hasn't really been hitting for a lot of power. Um, and that's one of those things when guys get injured, it can just be weird getting back from that and again don't read anything in the complex ball numbers especially down in the dsl because those numbers are pretty much meaningless but you know he's has struggled quite a bit douglas glode struggled a lot to start the season but he's had a few good games lately it's like he'll have a three for four game or a two for three with a double and he'll have a bunch of hitless games so he's been a little inconsistent there but he is putting up a few good games that overall his numbers have been five And so seeing, you know, really those are your top three international guys, Glode, Tavares, Benitez, they're playing games. And there was a long time this year where two of those three were not playing games. So it's just good to see everybody on the field and playing.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's definitely no, you know, Dion Toscano type, you know, like, does this guy actually exist? Does he actually play baseball? Uh, that stuff's not happening. So that was good to see. Uh, well, thanks again to all of our listeners, again, for supporting the podcast. You've been unbelievable with downloading the podcast, all the podcasts on the feed over the last couple of weeks, uh, really going back to the draft. It's been kind of wild just to see all the support. If you want to make sure you never miss a single episode of this podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power podcast feed on whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is you, you'll you be able to find this podcast not only we get this one you'll get our flagship show hosted by the great brad roland the daily hammer hosted by the great sean coleman which is kind of our you know like daily recap what happened the night before type podcast and then we also have the still unnamed and i need them to name this thing soon uh podcast where they dive into the deep topics uh each week which is hosted by our fearless leader chris willis as well as Stephen tolbert who do a great job kind of You know, picking one or two big topics, doing a deep dive into them and discussing them at length. But overall, again, there's a lot of things, good things happening on the podcast side as well as on the site. Make sure you're going to the site at BatteryPower.com for all of your Braves needs, both major leagues and minor leagues. There's a lot of just, you know, editorial content, game recaps, major league, minor league stuff. Whatever you want Braves related, we have content on it. Thank you all so much for all the support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road
0: Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.